Hello, good morning. Today, again, I just want to welcome you all here um, at the Empowering New Nurses show, hosted by Miriam Smith, Dr. Miriam Smith. And I hear, I have here with me this morning a special guest. Just as I said before, that one of the objectives of this program is to ensure that nursing continues to be progressive. And we have some of our seasoned nurses in different capacities, empowering and encouraging the younger nurses to do well and to keep this noble profession going. So this morning, without any further ado, I just want to welcome our special guest, Nurse Nadia Levine Henry. She'll tell us more about herself. Want to say welcome. Well, thank you very much for inviting me to this program. I am, as you have already explained, Nadia Levine Henry. I have been a registered nurse since 1998. I am from the beautiful island of Jamaica, where I went to nursing school. And I must say it was, it has been a wonderful experience. And it was even more wonderful working back home in Jamaica because my skills were used to the best capacity could have ever been used. So I am a emergency, certified emergency room nurse as well. And I have worked in the capacity as registered nurse, a preceptor, and a emergency room nurse. Also I've worked in the role of management because I before I left Jamaica, I worked as one of the charge nurses in the emergency room. One of the things about our nursing in Jamaica, you have to be specialized nurses to work in the specialized areas. You have to be certified specialized nurses. I realized here it's not the same. And at first I thought, why do we need to specialize to work in the ER? But going through that training for that six months made a difference. It's not just being a nurse, but it actually helped me to be a very good critical thinking nurse. So you know exactly what to do when you see certain conditions. And not just being able to do it, but to maintain a calm environment and be confident. It gives you more confidence to do what you're doing as well as not just maintaining the calm for you as a nurse, but also knowing that the patients and the families who come to the ER are anxious and already in a situation where they're anxious. But it also gives them that sense that the nurses are capable, they are knowledgeable, they know what they're doing. So they, it, it also allows you to calm the patients as well as the family and make them more confident that you know how to take care of their family members. Great, great, great. So I have been in the ER ever since 1998. 
However, I became a travel nurse within the last, well, I've, I've actually been a travel nurse because I've worked in the Cayman Islands and I've, it, it was more than an experience working there because then you learn how to work with other people from other nationalities, not just as co-workers, but also giving care to the wide cross-section of people. So it has taught me how to deal with people, not just as individuals, but learning other people's culture, which is very important in nursing. For me, I became a nurse because I had a passion and still have that passion. My paycheck does not give me that satisfaction. Like when I see very ill patients walk out of the hospital as near normal to their lives that they had before being hospitalized. That's, that's where I get my gratification. I've, I've, and I can say this is something that I've always wanted to do because I spent my early years volunteering at my hospital in Black River on the pediatric wards before I even became a registered nurse. Wow. So I knew what I wanted to do. I actually started pre-med. I didn't like it because I don't think you get, you spend the quality time with the patient that you spend with them when you're a registered nurse. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. So from your experience, you have had a diverse uh, you have dealt with diversity in many ways in yes. terms of the people themselves, the individuals, the culture and the locations and other things that goes with that education, non-educated and all of that. So as a travel nurse, I know you have worked in many different states and apart from the islands themselves, you have worked. What are some of the um, takeaways that you have had in dealing in certain in the in with new nurses coming on board what are some of the behavioral patterns or what have you seen you also been a preceptor so I know you get them just on boarding and on the initial phase of the orientation what has that been like to you okay first of all I have to also say that I myself came to the United States as an international travel nurse that's how and I can remember it took me probably a year and a half before I could adapt to certain things because I'm so used to us as nurses in Jamaica having more autonomy and utilizing more skills. Because right now I feel as if I have lost a lot of my skills because it's not been practiced. And when I say that, I mean, we are the ones who the patients see first and we as do our assessments. We start everything before a doctor even sees that patient. We, we were allowed to suture patients. We were allowed to do so many things. Mm-hmm. As long as it is documented, 
and whatever measurements we have to do it's it's a matter of being accurate and being not just accurate but you have to be you have for that documentation is of very important it's a very important tool because that's what the doctors will go by at that time. Because having known that we already saw these patients and have started their treatment. In addition to what you have just said there, the, the doctor-nurse relationship was so um, close and the teamwork is like you're working as one. You know, you you know yeah. your expertise and you know you have your knowledge, your competence and everything. And you're yeah. in it. a matter of fact, some of the times you had to you had new doctors coming on board. You're the ones who had to teach them certain yeah. things. You actually teach those new doctors when exactly. they come on. Yes. Oh, so it's- I, I must hasten to say um, I had gone to I had gone to. West Indies College. I did my four years there. Then I went to University of West Indies where I did critical care. And I I did critical care. And then that's how I was recruited to this country as a critical care nurse um, after working at um, UWE, KPH, and different areas there. You know, because it's a small place, smaller. Um, we have fewer hospitals, yes. But the quality of care, definitely. You knew what you were doing and you administered that type of care. But it was team-related and we valued each other. We valued yes. each other. You know, and, and you made a very important point when you talk about valuing each other, because it's it's a different ball game here than and and this is one of the things that made me depressed because for one the mannerism of the nurses are different, not to mention the doctors, it's totally different. I'm used to the doctors being very courteous, professional, and acknowledging the nurses. You know, I I can tell you that it's very few doctors since I've been here I've ever encountered who actually behave and display that mannerism. And the, the way in which they care is given to the patients is different from what I'm used to within the Caribbean than what I'm seeing here. It's totally different. The doctors will communicate more for from I can com- give you comparison because I have been I have seen it on many different in many different areas um, in different states. And it's basically the same way the doctors behave. You know, sometimes I have to remind them, just like you, I'm an, I'm a professional. And that's why nursing is a profession. It's a profession. You advocate, you have a voice and everyone needs to be respected. It's respect is high, you know, the value. Each of us, we are contributing to the patient's care. Each Thank you. And the health team, regardless their role, that the commonality is there. We're all caring for that patient. 
So yes. it's patient-centered care. We're, so we, we're to collaborate because we all are offering something, maybe in different ways, to that patient's recovery. And that's very, very important. So as you pass on this information, what do you have to tell your nurses, your young nurses? You know how you felt when you started. Tell me some of the experiences you have. I mean, maybe you could make a list of maybe three or four. Um, um, I, okay, being a travel nurse, one of the things I um is that you have to be very, you have to be very skilled in every area because you are thrown out there to the wolves, literally. Once you get that one day orientation, the next day you're literally on your own. And they tend to give you the hardest patient with the worst diagnosis to take care of. So if, if you are not experienced and have that, yes, and have a very good critical thinking skills and have your skill sets as well, you can, it can be a problem. Mm-hmm. You can quickly run into problems and knowing that we are in litigious times where everybody thinks about suing. <laughs> it can easily happen. And one of the things you need to realize that you went to that facility as a travel nurse. It, it, when, once they see travel nurse, it means experience, very experienced. That's, that, that is just the way they think. They're not going to think. So I don't advise any new graduate, any young nurse who has not had the experience that they need to have and be equipped and ready to start traveling. I would advise any nurse at all who has the desire to do travel nursing to at least get two years good, very good experience in a facility before and in a big hospital where you just not only work in a specialized area, but you try to rotate to different areas. For me, it was good and it was easy because during nursing school, because I was trained at University Hospital School of Nursing, during nursing school, we had to rotate throughout every area of the hospital and you had to be competent because we had to have those skill list competencies checked off and I can tell you I would never trade where I did nursing for anywhere else I would never trade it because I can I mean, when I communicate with other nurses and I tell them, you know, this is how we are trained. This is how I was trained. They look at me as if, like, really? Yes. I I tell them, and I'm very proud of that background. I'm very proud of how we are trained in Jamaica. Because a lot of the nurses honestly keep asking me, you're sure you were trained in Jamaica? Yes, I was. And worked there for years too. 
not just as a floor nurse, but worked in management too. So coming here was very, very easy for me to just walk into the hospital and be able to do what I do to the best of my knowledge and with a very high standard because you're trained as high standard nurses giving quality care, not quantity, but quality care. Yes. And being very effective and efficient team leaders and team players. Great, great. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is so, so important. What have you noticed? Have you noticed from your traveling experience um, in different states? Um, have you noticed um, any changes with the shortage or your, um, you know, delegation of the responses that you get from different nurses as you delegate, for example, in the... I have noticed. Most of them don't care. It's only about making the money. Oh, we're only here for a short time. We don't have to come back here. You talk to them about documentation. You talk to them about how the care that they're giving to the patient, the, you know, how they're caring for these patients, that, that the patients deserve better care. And they're, oh, well, the charge nurse doesn't care. Why should I care? It's not about the charge nurse. The it's a patient. Mm-hmm. It's about the quality care that you give to them. It's for me, I look at every one of my patients as a family member. This is how I would want to be treated. This is how I would like you to treat my family member. So this is what I am going to do for the patient. Yes. I've had situations where the doctor and I have had to be back and forth about discharging a patient. For one, they don't try to go back to the room to explain to the patient and to answer the questions that they have majority of the doctors that I've met. So I am always going back. I'll go back and I'll talk with the patients and I'll explain as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And if they have questions, I'll go back and tell the doctor, listen, this is what's happening. Yes, the patient is discharged, but the patient still has questions that I I know I can answer, but I think it's your responsibility as a doctor mm-hmm. to go back and speak with the patient. Mm-hmm. I have got into the habit of when I have the discharge papers and the doctor said, I'm discharging such and such a patient. My first question is, did you or have you already gone back to talk with the patient? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just a matter. It's just, being able to communicate effectively and very, and a lot of times it's just being very simple, explaining to them some, some doctors that I have worked with and I have to give them the credibility that they will even go as far as draw diagrams. Excellent. To explain so they can understand clearly and have better understanding, which I know most times will help. It makes a difference. I've had situations where I have to stand up for the patient and be, and tell the doctor, listen, I am definitely not happy discharging this patient. I think this patient needs to be admitted. This patient needs admission. Mm. So one of the things they'll go into, oh, the policy is, and I'll let them know, this is one thing. And I must tell the nurses, 
always know the policies and procedures of the hospital. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Very important. Yes. So even though they will draw a protocol or a policy, my question is, one of my questions would be, I understand what you are saying, but as a doctor who is visualizing the patient, do you think that this patient should really be discharged because of the, the protocol or because of the policy? You are the doctor. You are the one the treating patient. The patient. You're seeing the patient. The patient is looking at you. The exactly. Are right there before you. You yeah. can override the policy. You as a doctor can override the policy or, or the protocol because you can actually speak with your colleague what you are seeing and the reason you have a rational why you need it to be done. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so, so true. You have to be equipped in every way, not just having the knowledge from the book, from the theoretical clinical. aspect, not just having knowledge um, from the clinical aspect, but you also need to know the protocols, the policies and the procedures, because this is where you can argue your point when it comes on to giving the quality, efficient, effective care that the patient deserves. That's why you are there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, thank you for that. those informations you have just given to our nurses who are listening and those who are going to be listening to you on the YouTube. Now, you know, you mentioned a word, there are two words there, effective communication. Now, you know that we have different levels of um, patients at different levels of understanding, education. And so it's supposed to be clear, concise, clear. They can understand, brief, of course. But at the same time, why do you think, why would you suggest to your n- young nurses why it's so important to listen to the patient? Not really just going through the vital signs and get out, but the patient trying to say something to you, but because you have so many patients, other patients, you just, you know, sort of ignore that. What would, what advice would you give? Why it's so important to listen to the patient? It's important to listen because the patients know their bodies, they know themselves. And the, when you listen, you have to be a very good listener to pick up the cues. Thank you. Thank you. Because you can simply miss it. So you have to be able to communicate well. Not just listening to the jargons, because a lot of times the patients don't know the jargons. Mm-hmm. Even they, Dr. YouTube, Dr. Google. But you have to come down to their level a lot of times. Because something things to you, but because you are of that nursing knowledge and you try, you, you're not listening to the cue that the patient is given and you totally miss it. Thank you. Thank you on that. It could cost the patient life. Thank you so much for saying that. You know, actively actively listening is so important as you care for your patient, as a young nurse or 
patient, care for the patient, because listening to that patient, that, that doctor just left the room, for example, that, that, that relationship was not established as it were. The nurse who the patient confides in or feels very comfortable with will start blurting out, will start saying certain things that needed for the, for the plan of care. And because you listen to that patient, that patient is, you're able to get that and plan for that patient and it will make a world of difference. So that's so important. So I know we have to tell our nurses, yes, you have how many patients? Yes. But at this time, as we come into the close of this, I would like you to tell me a few things. Give our young, young nurses a few tips um, to be effective nurses, to be great nurses that you have utilized over the years and allowing you to be who, who you are right now. You know, give me a few tips, maybe two or three, whatever tips you want to pass on to help our nurses to be more empowered, that can empower them to give high quality nursing care. So for me, you have touched an important point, which is I have a little thing that I always say, you must be an effective listener, have a caring heart, skillful hands. Hmm. You just said effective listener or communicator, yes. caring, have a caring heart, <laughs> care. It's not the money now, um, oh. Nurse Henry. It's not the money now. It's that because it could be a millionaire or it could be a peasant. It doesn't matter. They're all patients, right? Yes. And they deserve, they are human beings. And whether you're great or you're small, you deserve the best care, the high quality care, the evidence-based care, and all of the above. Yes. As human, the care that you would have liked to receive if you're sick that, in the hospital or in a healthcare facility, that's the same care that person out there needs to get. Whether he's a homeless or whatever, whatever does not matter. If you want to categorize on it, it has nothing to do with being a human. And being a human deserves the best care. Yes. Each person is valuable in their own right. Each one is valuable. Yes. So I am going to say thank you so much for coming Never on. Fun. And if Don't you have me. anything else to say as you're about to say bye, I would like you to say that now. And I must also let the nurses know and be reminded, always be respectful. Always be respectful. Always be respectful and treat every patient equally. Very important. You know, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I want you to just say something else on the shortage too from your experience as you leave, about to leave. How has that been? You've been to different um, states, are there any similarities in terms of the shortage that you have experienced? It is, there are similarities because everywhere you go, there's shortage. How do you work with that? 
you have to have a mindset. Thank you. You have to have a mindset that this is what it is, but this is what you're going to do. Regardless of your situation, you're still going to give of your best and be timely with each patient so you can always ensure that all the patients are being cared for. Thank you. That will resonate because the shortage is real. It is real. At the same time, and I would add to that too, from my experience, that my new nurse should collaborate with the interprofessional team. Collaborate with, you don't have to be friends, but remember that work relationship is very important. And not because your patient is... um, not as hectic or not as critical. And I have all the time here. My patient is easy and I'm, I'm able to have, I can relax. And my other nurse is, your team is just working and working and working and didn't get a break to go to the bathroom and you're taking it easy. No, that is not nursing. No, you have the young nurse has to learn to be visible to be seen, to see that help is needed and we work as a team and help and get it over with rather than staying in the background and not being supported. So when your time comes, when that person time come, comes, that person's going to be in trouble. We don't want that. We work team and we, we, we emphasize team-based nursing, especially now with the shortage. I can use my situation as an example as well because... When COVID hit, I was still working in my regular hospital. I mean, being in the managerial area, I had to get on the floor with the other nurses. It was no longer about managing. It was about being more effective team leader. And I ended up taking on more shifts than I should have. I was working five, six shifts, 12 hour shifts, coming home deadbeat. They never ever once had to call me because I had access to see what was happening in the ER. They would only see me turn up at two o'clock in the mornings, leaving my family home to go and help to take care of the patients. We were running from rooms to rooms, resuscitating. And I know the nurses were getting burnt out, just like myself. But I would still go in with a whole thing of food to make sure that they had at least something for the night. I'd make smoothie and take him to them, share it, so they could have some form of refreshment because it was running and eating on the go. Wow. For we save lives. So So you have a sense of the fact that it's not a one-man show. It's a team effort. Great, 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 great. We have to take care of each other because that's the way the patients will get the care that they need as well. Wow. My heart is touched deeply because I share the same sentiment. At that time when COVID hit, I was working as an educator. At that time, forget the lab coat. Yes. I had to be there 
helping with the turning, those turnings, cleaning the ventilator, um, putting those medication hanging. I mean, some of those medication at that time, I mean, you know, practicing the practical part of it. And the ICU, you had so many tubes hanging on all of that, making sure that the lines were connected because, because of the nature of everything and the isolation and all of that. It was what we were involved was I was working with the respiratory therapist, getting the ventilator one gone, cleaning up for another one to go. This was, this was the norm for a period there. That was. In the mornings, you're hearing how many codes going off. It was something else. Some of the public would never understand how exhausted some of us were. I'm going onto the garage later. I'm crying because there were the what? Those trucks were out there with it's, the holding I, bodies, right? I, it, 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 it wasn't a play. Coming home, my daughter, they had a bag for me to drop my clothes in. They, it, 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 it was, it was unbelievable. But I must say, God has kept us for a reason. Yes. Many passed, and it's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But I'm thankful to you for having come on and shared with us, and let the world know that we too were part of this this phenomenon. And I I don't know I don't know like the young nurses who were in training then. be mentally prepared for anything to happen. This is just a tip of the iceberg that we had that um, COVID pandemic. It was just a tip of the iceberg because I know other, other things are going to be happening. I mean, working now in the pediatric emergency room, we have been seeing babies with RSV from May, RSV usually happens during the summer. No, it has extended all the way to this period. I've never seen so many patients with flu B. So we now still have, we call it flu rona, patients coming in with flu and COVID. Mm. I would say serious times. Uh, it is and it is we the all should take heed. We yes. should all take heed. Don't take it for granted. You I mean precautionary measures. Do what you it's within you to do to make sure you're safe and others are safe. There were days when during COVID, I when I got off duty, I would just sit in my car when I got home and cried because mm-hmm. I felt like I had not done enough for the patient who had passed on. It was real. It was real. But you know, when we get back here another time, we'll continue. I know you worked last night and um, um, I want to say thank you. And I want to say thanks on behalf of my team on Empowering New Nurses for you to come and share your expertise, your experiences with us. And those who are listening, that's a nurse of experience. And young nurse, have you heard? Have you heard? She has experience and you can learn. We learn from each other. And she's also handing the button to right now, although she's not ready to leave nursing yet, she's the positive things I want you to take. And I just want to let you know that the book that I have, which will be coming out early next year is Empowering Nurses. And some of the same things that she has just mentioned, 
to encourage you to do your best and to let you know that each person is important. All those things, some of those things are in that book. And that will just help to equip you to the best nurse you can be in serving humanity. And so nurse Nadia Levine Henry, I just want to say thanks again for coming on this show. Now, this is the Empowering You Nurses show. And I'm the host, Miriam Amanda Smith. I'm, how can you connect with me? Now, you connect with me on YouTube at Miriam Amanda Smith. I want you to subscribe. I would like you to subscribe. I would like you to make a comment. And you heard our nurse, our guest this morning. And you can make a comment. And you can, you can I would say, recommit yourselves to giving the best care that you can. And can be found on Podcast Mirror. That's on Instagram. So I look forward. There's an interview. There is a um, survey there that I've put out. And you can get more information, more in-depth information and helping you and equipping you to be a better nurse. Contact us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Get some rest now, please. And take care of yourself. Self-care. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you.